Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Instructions. A letter from himself on how to live and move and have our being in him. And then three, the church. You and I. Gathered together, hanging out on a Sunday morning and during the week, doing life together. Proximity, frequency, intimacy. And then discipleship. Discipleship is a deep passion of ours to say, how do we become the type of people that God would have us to be? Uh, So there's a couple, I just want to highlight really quick and then we'll, we'll jump into this week. But why do we even do passions? Why not statement of belief first? Why not some of those things? And we have a statement of faith. But it's because you and I are desire based creatures. Ideas are important, but our passions actually form us. Our passions direct our behavior. And so when we say we want to follow Jesus, we want to become people that have new desires and new passions. We want to have the heart of God. And when we have the heart of God, it will change our behavior and everything about us. But it begins with a new identity, one that Jesus gives us. And when we have that new identity, then it starts to flesh out in some of these different ways. And this is just our expression of the body. There are more passions. There, there are other churches that expressions of Jesus. There's one big C church, but each local expression maybe has their own unique lane. And we're not here to say we're better than anyone else, but say, hey, these are some of the things God has placed on our heart to walk out. And so we'll jump into passions five through eight this week. Everyone, one is the biggest number, work, rest, play, and then Lansing 517 in the world. But I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll get started. Jesus. We want to just acknowledge you're already here. You're already here. You've been pursuing us long before we ever knew. You've been pursuing Lansing long before we ever knew. You've been in our lives and our families and our neighborhoods. And so we just acknowledge, God, that we're yours. The city is yours. The people in it are yours. And we want you, just like Tina and the team saying, God, we want you to have it all. That we would become the type of people that have your passions. Become the type of people that have your heart. And God, we pray that you would use us as instruments of your love. Pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're jumping into passion number five, everyone, y'all. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to read the the blurb, if you will, um, and then we'll break down kind of what that means. But just to read it first, here's what it says. All are made in the image of God. All. We unite in Christ and celebrate diversity. All races all ages and classes, you belong here. And sometimes you could read this and think, really? Everyone? Come on now. No way. Everyone's invited? That's too good to be true. How could that be possible? That if you look around this room, you're seeing people from all races, ages, classes, backgrounds, styles. You're not going to dress the way I dress. I'm not going to dress the way you dress. But you're getting people of all kinds of expressions in a room together saying, we want to follow Jesus together. And maybe you've heard the quote that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. That was not Jesus' intention. But that you and I and people that don't look like us and sound like us would be able to gather together and to worship. And so the question you might be asking is, how is that even possible? How is that possible? I want to take you to Genesis 1. And it says this, this is in the beginning when God is making man, it's kind of our founding story, if you will. It says this, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on earth. And then I'll just read verse 27 because we don't have it on the screen. Apologies. Just a second. 
I'm glad Genesis 2 pulled up. That's later. It's okay. You can giggle. You can laugh. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And that means two things. One, it means to, we're called for a relationship with God. First thing you were made for, a relationship. If you notice, God says, let us. What does that mean? God, by nature, is a community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he made you and I to enter into that with him, to be beings of relationship. And then the second piece is to represent or to rule to image God in the world, to be his representation to other people in the creation around us. And why does that matter? Because it means that you and I have never looked at a person that doesn't matter to God. Not one time, not on TV, not on social media, not in person, not in a book that you've read. Every human being that exists matters to God. So we're going to do something really quick. And it might feel corny to you, but I'll explain why we're going to do it in a second. So if you would, put your hand on your heart with me. And just say, I matter to God. Oh, say it like you mean it. I matter to God. It's good. Here's why. If I'm honest, I'm more insecure than I let on. And I need to be reminded that I matter to God on a daily basis, sometimes dozens of times a day. And it might be easy to say that, well, I already know that, but then what do I walk out on a daily basis? It's not always that I matter to God. It doesn't always look that way. And so that exercise is a reminder to say that your voice is often the one you believe the most. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what is true. And here's the thing. If you and I look at people and we create categories about who matters to God and who doesn't, and we have a faulty view of that, we will unnecessarily alienate people that God wants to draw to himself. The ones that might be far from him now, but God is still pursuing them. Because you and I, weren't we once far from God? Don't I drift away on a daily basis and have to be brought back and have to remember I matter too and they matter as well? It's a daily exercise, y'all. And so I try to keep one of these in my bag because it's so easy to forget. There's many moments you just got to pull this out and read it and say, oh, wait, that's right. It is always about Jesus and I do matter and I'm called to be a part of the church and Jesus wants to form me and make me into something else, something beautiful. He wants to bring out all the amazing qualities he gave me. And that's true of you as well. But we have to be reminded. See, Jesus' passion is that all would come to a knowledge of the truth. Everyone. Everyone. And maybe you've heard or thought that the church is exclusive. But isn't every organization on the planet? Don't you have to pay money just to go hang out at Chick-fil-A? They're not going to just let you kick it. Like, you got to buy a chicken sandwich, right? There's a barrier to entry. Here's the amazing thing about the church, though. The church is the most inclusive group on the planet because all are invited to come follow Jesus. Now, when you're invited, hey, it is a tall order. Jesus says, come follow me, and oftentimes that means come and die to yourself. Come follow in my way. But it means that every person belongs. Every person gets a seat at the table. Everyone matters. Everyone. And I'm guilty of many times of saying that person matters and that person doesn't because of whatever category I come up with. But Jesus wants to eliminate those categories and invite everybody in. That everyone gets to eat and be a part of it. See, something we like to say here is that it's easy to come, but it's hard to stay, man. Easy to come, but hard to stay. Because Jesus' invitation is all. Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone tired? Worn out on religion, come, and I'll give you rest. But maybe the most important thing to talk about today, and as I was just sitting thinking about this, 
we talk about the image of God, is that the image of God is irrevocable. Here's what I mean by that. We can mistreat ourselves. We can forget about it. We can act like it's not real. You and I can treat ourselves like we don't matter. Here's the truth, though. The fact that you matter to God will never go away. Never disappears. Never changes. You matter regardless of what you do or don't do. You're important to God regardless of what sins you commit and what sins I commit. But Jesus' passion isn't to say, hey, I'm going to give you something and then make you valuable. Do you have to believe to be loved by God? No, you don't. God already loves you. And then as you receive that, it forms you and it changes you. And we get to walk into the image that God originally made us to be. You can throw dirt on it and act like it's not real, but just maybe the invitation today is this, is in all the ways maybe you've forgotten that you matter to God and that he made you for a purpose, just return to that today. You were made in his image to relate with him and to rule with him in the world, to do something good, to contribute in God's good design. It's passion five. Passion six, one is the biggest number. We do for one what we wish we could do for all. To the world, you may be only one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Lastly, think of this. One isn't that big of a number unless it is yours. Love runs to the one. Check out this video. Okay, I was trying to get a wristwatch for myself Thought I'm so ill, chick pox for my health Might even need another plaque top on my shelf But I'ma take the click from the block, no one else Romy put me on, took me in like a song I was on road in the whip like a ton I was on hold like a clip in a gun Now we slow-mo in the mix till I'm done I ain't want the sun, had him blocked like UV Holy hell, hold me down now like GV2 Goofy crew, I thought I was Groovy Q Life ain't like the movie we came to celebrate King Kong, dominate, think wrong, meditate We the life for the party We just getting started You ready, ready? You know I'm ready You know I'm ready You know we ready You know I'm ready You know I'm ready You know I'm ready You know we ready If it ain't good, it ain't finished No way We'll complete what he beginning Yeah Okay we got God, so we win it. Dynasty is the mission. Man, I'm out there like ET. I phone home with Zeke Speed. That quick quit is whip it. We gassed up like BP. Best believe we going savage. Hit a Dallas Top Gun. Call
call a maverick. Don't delay, oh, we came to party. Covered by the blood, huh? A lot of that day. Everybody go kung fu pop. Where the pride at? Go ahead, where that pride? Guys, our church makes music videos. What? That's crazy. Shout out the one album. Check it out. Shameless plug. How do we get to everyone? Everyone's a really big number, ain't it? Seven billion people in the world right now, roughly 50 billion in the history of humanity. Every one. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Come on now. Here's the thing. You and I get to everyone by seeing one person because one is the biggest number. Jesus isn't the type of God that walks around on earth, preaches a sermon, then walks away and then doesn't build relationship. Jesus had large crowd moments with the masses. He had smaller moments with just his disciples. He had even smaller moments with three disciples, but he also had one-on-one interactions. And I think the reason Jesus did that is because it's really hard for us to trust and believe in something that's distant. One is the biggest number especially when it's yours. It's easy to read news articles about a different city, but when it's Lansing, it hits a little different. When it's your kid, it hits a little different. I'm not a parent. I'm hopefully looking forward to the day, Lord willing, but can imagine the love that you have for your kids is different than the love you have for everyone's kids. And the same way you feel about your children is the way that God feels about every single human being you've ever seen. One matters to him. See, Jesus came as the divine revelation of God. It's true. Objectively, the scriptures tell the story. But how Jesus reveals himself to you and I is unique. For some, for me, I'll be honest, my story a little bit was learning through apologetics and study and argumentation. For other people, it might be an event. For others, it might be a sermon. For others, it might be a song that you hear. But the way that Jesus reveals his love to each and every one of us is individual. He has big moments on a Sunday morning, and then he also has when you go home in your car. And you're praying and you're asking God, what is your word for me today? How are you inviting me? What are you calling me into? It's both. God's love pursues each one of us. And maybe you're asking the question today, is God really after me? Because it really doesn't look like it. Maybe you look around your environment and you say, man, where on earth is God now? And I'm and I think we all know this to be true, and we'll watch a quick video here in a second, but we're all victims of perception blindness. If you aren't looking for something, you might miss it. And so we're going to do a little test, a little experiment, if you will. If you've seen this video, don't spoil it. But I want to see who in the room is the most perceptive person. 
So we've got an awareness test. Can we play that? This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? What? I remember being a high schooler first saw that, I was like, what? No way, I'm perceptive. It's easy to miss what you aren't looking for. Uh, you know, I heard this uh, story about kids that are often in either foster care or adoption, and for a period of time, what happens is, even though they're in a loving home, they'll start to hoard food or resources because they're afraid that they're not gonna be taken care of. And you and I are just like that. When we miss God's love, we still act like orphans. We still try to hoard food even though there's a banquet available. And that God has cared for you and I from the day we were born. Even before that, he had you and I in his mind. And the spiritual journey is that you and I would come to know this love so we don't act like orphans anymore. But that's the default, is to live in fear. And so the beginning of everything that we do at City Life really begins with divine love. And we have this phrase to say, I am the one for the one. That you can't love another one until you know you're loved. You can't give the love of God you haven't received yet. And so the main task and the first task of discipleship to Jesus is to receive the love that he has on offer. Next passion, passion seven, is this. If you want to bring that one up too, thank you. I'm jumping ahead, so that's my fault. We work, rest, and play. It was very good. Work is a good thing that is restored in Jesus. We Sabbath weekly by entering the rest the Lord provides, and we are people who play and enjoy life. Work is not a swear word, y'all. And if all this is true, if we're loved by God and we're supposed to be his kids and confident, well, are we just like either one, doing a bunch of moral performance, or two, is it us just sitting in a kumbaya circle saying, man, I'm so loved. God just loves me, which is true. No, we're supposed to do some things, y'all. This isn't a passive faith. This is an active faith, man. We got work to be done. But the cool thing is we're working with our Father. Genesis 1 says this. Continuing the passage from earlier, 128 through 31. This is God's mandate to you and I. There we go. For all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it, I have given green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning the sixth day. And then I'm going to continue in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed, and on the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy, for on it he rested from all of his creation. Earlier when we talked about being made in the image of God, we said that it's a lot of things, but two things we're going to focus on today. One is relationship. The second part is rule or image or represent, right? What's the first thing we learn about God in the scriptures? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You and I are made to create. 
You and I were made to do meaningful work in the world. Maybe I'm telling you something you've never heard for the first time in your life. You were made to have a good contribution in the world. You have divine potential to create the good. Divine potential, every single one of you. And maybe you haven't discovered that yet, but the journey of knowing Jesus is bringing out and learning how did God made you to contribute? How did God make you to work? So there's three things to focus on. One, work. Two, rest. And three, play. First thing, work is good, y'all. That's pre-fall stuff. We're made to be like God and create. Two, rest is a gift. Rest is a gift. Not something you have to earn. Not something to earn. But maybe you're like me sometimes and I'm so anxious I don't even want to, when I get up in the morning, I don't even want to rest. I don't even want to go slow. I just choose work because it's easier. But rest is a gift. You and I were made to do that. And guess what? God rested as well. So he could do what? He could enjoy. So he could play. Play is essential. And here's the thing. We all need different things in the room. If you're here today and you're wondering, can I do anything good? Can I actually produce something good? That's a question that I've wrestled with many times. Yes, you can. Some of us need to hear, yo, go work hard. What's up? Put your hands to the plow. What did God make you to do? Let's do something. Let's move the needle. God's made you for something amazing. You have purpose. Some of us in here need to hear rest. It all doesn't depend on you. God's sovereign. He formed the world. You and I get to receive the rest that's in Jesus. And then we take a Sabbath, and we did a Sabbath series at the beginning of the year. How do we start with rest? How do we start with saying, man, God is good. He's in control. I'm not. I can just receive. My dad's got it covered. And then some of us need to hear play, man. Let loose. We go a little bit. It's okay. Enjoy it. See, God said everything was very good. That's a word for enjoyment, for delight. It's for looking at something. It's like being proud of the work that you just made. And here's the thing. All of us know that feeling of making something. And maybe it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's so cool because we made it, right? And we're like, man, I take delight in that. I enjoy that. You see, work, rest, and play, it's a rhythm. It's not just one. It's not work till you die. It's not work and then earn. It's work. It's rest. It's play. Repeat. Work, rest, play, repeat. You were made to contribute to the world. You were made to enjoy God's rest. And then guess what? You get to enjoy it. Our God likes to have fun. He likes to enjoy things. There's a passage in scripture that I remember at one point I was kind of trying to figure out uh, why and really where God had put me and where God had placed me. It was kind of in a decision-making moment. And it's, uh, I'll jump to it again. It's in Acts 17 here. But I want to read Passion 8 and then we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, Passion 8 is this. Let me pull up the passionate, sorry, passionate slide. I'll get to Acts 17 in a second, sorry. Poor Q on my part. No, you're good, you're good, Carrie. Carrie's killing it. I gave her a lot of slides today. Lansing, the city, 517 in the world. Jesus moved right into our neighborhood and all deserve the same. The city is God's plan from the start. A garden to a city. Local is global, global is local. Love the city, the 517 and the world. One life at a time, hashtag bloom. So, if the city is God's idea, if cultural centers are God's idea, if God said, hey, you know what? I want you to take dominion over the earth. I want you to rule it. Build dope stuff. Use all of your gifts, all of your abilities. There's no professional Christians, y'all. There is no sacred secular work. And oftentimes it's easy to come on a Sunday morning and you think, man, those are the Christians that are really doing it because they got a microphone. But that's actually not the case. You and I were made to do work that benefits our neighbor and honors God and we get to enjoy 
And part of that looks like building culture. That's art, that's music, that's a dentist, that's an architect, that's a barista. That's the person at the gas station because you and I need gas in the car to go somewhere, right? Well, that person's serving us. So in the same way, you and I were called to build culture right where we are. But I think what's so interesting about this idea about culture and place and big is oftentimes we think that's somewhere else. The grass is greener somewhere else. You guys ever been mad at somebody? You know, you're saying in a text conversation, someone says something dumb. You say something dumb. And then you get to this moment with the person in person, and you thought there was beef, and you're going to, like, light them up. And they're like, hey, it's good to see you. Love you. And there's no beef at all, and you're the one that was, like, creating this story in your head. You see, distance creates distortion, y'all. But when we get close, when we get next to somebody, when we rub shoulders, man, that's when something powerful can happen. See, John 1 says this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The God who formed the universe you and I live in chose to become a human being and then walk on our neighborhoods and streets. Eat our meals, got his diaper changed probably as an infant, excuse me, cried, built relationships, played games. Jesus got close. Because it's really hard to love someone from a distance. I'll be honest, you can, you can read a news article about somebody and it paints a picture of them, but then you get up close and you meet them and it might be an entirely different picture than the story you read. But our tendency is to write stories and keep our distance because love requires us to change. It requires us to get in, to be involved. Love is costly. So why proximity? Because not only did Jesus, but his followers lived out their lives in their context, in Jerusalem, in their neighborhoods. Jesus was raised from the dead, and then guess what? They had to go to work the next day. What do you do with that? How do you live in these tensions, this amazing reality that God loves you and died for you and rose for you? And then also like, hey, I got to feed my family. Well, it's both. It's Jesus right where you are, right where your family lives and where you go to work and where you get food and where you go grocery shopping. And so the answer for us is close. So why Lansing? I was asking the same question. Now we can do Acts 17. It says this, from one man, God, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Why Lansing? Because we live here. Simple. And as we are going, we make disciples. And maybe you're in the room and saying, can God move in Lansing? Amen, he can. Love the city week, stories. Truth is, we're just joining the work God's already been doing for a really long time. God's already been here. And then two, maybe you're not from Lansing. Maybe you live in Hole, Eden Rabbits, Okemos. That's okay too. That's all right. Everyone, everyone is welcome no matter where you're from. But where do you go grocery shopping? Where do you go watch movies? Celebration is the best. Dude, recliner seats? Come on. Don't worry. NCG is welcome here, too. Remember, everyone, everyone, everyone. Everyone. 
City is our God's idea. They're cultural centers. And if we want to impact the future, then we have to impact where people are. Tim Keller says this, late great preacher. He passed away recently. He says there's more image of God per square inch in the cities. And so for us, it's not about that the rural doesn't matter or suburbs don't matter. It's just saying how can we make the greatest impact with our dash? Let's go where the most people are. Let's get close. Let's rub shoulders. And then watch life happen. So how do we do that? We love the city one life at a time. So we'll, we'll close because we're, we're going to wrap up here in a second, and we're going to move into a time of worship. But I want to play the Love the City promo again. And maybe just this time I would ask that you would maybe listen to one, listen to the kind of the talk track. It's intentional. The images are intentional. Everything is intentional. But listen to the talk track and maybe grab one sentence that jumps out to you that speaks to proximity. It speaks to close. It speaks to loving the one right where they are. So let's play that It would be easy to talk about the gap and not about the game. To look for a thousand reasons to leave. And not the one reason to stay. It would be easy to talk about how far we have to go and not how far we've come. It would be easy to run away or to turn a blind eye in the name of convenience. But love doesn't just run to, it stays. It hopes, it sees beyond the present moment for what could be, for what should be, for what will be. Love moves deeper, closer, and it would be easy but easy is not what we signed up for. not what you see, it's how you see. Are you in? It's not what you see, it's how you see. Do we see the city as good? Does it have the divine potential for human beings to come alive? Just like me, just like you. The image of God is there. And our goal is that we will partner with God to help find it and reveal it and call it out call out the champion and those that we have proximity with. I love the City Week is going to be great. It's give and go. Maybe just ask God what your role is in that. But I just want to read a, a passage really quick and then we'll get to, we'll get to worship. And we'll get to respond, but it's Revelation 5, 12 through 13. And it says, they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." We go so that the lamb would receive the full reward of his suffering. That Jesus didn't die for nothing, but that he died so that you and I and everyone else that we run into would come home. Period. And then we ask, what's our role in that? What is our partnership in that? And so we're going to worship here for a few minutes, but there's maybe two questions I want to ask. One is, are you in and what does that look like for Love the City Week? 
But then the second piece is, how has God called you to image and represent him in the world? How has God created your unique abilities and giftings that you might do something good and contribute in God's good design? Because it's true about every single one of you. But it's easy to forget. So as we worship, if you want to come to the front and receive prayer, you can. We're just going to sing, Lord, have it all, because it is, it is his. The city is his. The people are his. The streets are his. The neighborhoods are his. Every kid is his. You are his. And we're just going to ask that God would uh, use us and invite us in. Jesus, I thank you so much for, for the team. I thank you for, man, just a church and a body that we get to be a part of it and get to know you. God, I pray you would speak to us right now. I pray that people sitting here wondering what their identity is, what their purpose is, would hear you speaking either words or images or things that they need, God, to walk that out, to image and represent you in the world. We thank you so much, God, that you've chosen us and called us your own. Use us, Lord. Have your way in us and in love the city. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.